Welcome back to the Thundergrads podcast. My name is Haley Hurst and I will be hosting you tonight. I'm here with Michael Martin and we just came off of a super big game against the Warriors and we're about to go into the all-star break. So Michael, let's just get into it. How was the Thunder Warrior game? It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was lucky enough to be there, but um, watching Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in person was it was a fun experience seeing the best shooting backcourt of all time and two of the best shooters ever. Steph, I thought, didn't play great until I saw the box score later, and he almost had a triple-double with 20 points, shot 50% from the field, 4 out of 10 from 3. I thought Dort did a pretty good job on him, but this was a bit of a game of runs, and you could tell that, you know, like you've said before, that young teams, and specifically this Thunder team, isn't ready to close out games and they're still learning. And you saw that at the end because the Warriors just kind of little-brothered them, where it was just like kept them at arm's distance until the very end and just closed out the game. Absolutely. I mean, Lou Dor like definitely played such a good game. He put up 26 points, which I think is super high compared to his usual. Um, but also Baisley kind of just came out of the gate and killed it. I think they're all doing super well without Shea, which I know that was something that we were really worried about coming off of Shea's injury or and Shea's not even back yet. So just how well this team is playing, especially keeping within 12 points of the Warriors which I think is still super good since they are such a young rebuilding team. Absolutely. I mean, you saw those other wins and games that they played close against the Trailblazers and the Kings and even the Mavericks without Porzingis, but the Warriors are have the second best record in basketball. This is not like some scrub team or some team that doesn't have all their guys. I mean, they didn't have Draymond Green, but they are still a stacked roster. You have Andrew Wiggins, who's an all-star starter, whether he deserves it or not. We're not <laughs> going to get into that. They have Klay Thompson. They have Steph Curry, who's an MVP candidate. They have Jordan Poole, who's a great player. They're really deep. Um, I really, speaking of that, really liked watching Jonathan Kaminga play. This was my first chance to really see him just for a full game because – Coming in this year, he came from the G League, so he didn't play in college, and then he's played a lot in the G League for the Warriors in their, you know, sort of like, um, you know, their developmental system. And there just weren't a bunch of minutes for him, but he really, Steve Kerr let him lose tonight, and he looked, or last night, and he looked great. He looked really athletic, and you could see why he was considered even for that number six pick that the Thunder had, but they ended up taking Josh Giddy, which I'm not mad about. But I'm not mad about jo- that pick either. Jonathan Kaminga looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look pretty good. And I think that the Thunder is now finally, you know, finding a rhythm and finding a flow over the past few games. I know with Shea and Giddy combo, we always kind of struggle to see that chemistry because they're both really good individual players, but they kind of struggled working together. But I've really seen the team come together these past couple games without Shea. So... I wonder if Shea was the problem in the first place. Let's not get crazy, Haley. Okay, okay. Let's not get crazy. That's a hot take. That's Skip Bayless hot yes, take that, right that's there. A, that's a really big hot take, super big controversial topic right there. But, but hey. no, I mean, Shea, there are some things that without him, it improves the team just in terms of like things like ball movement. He's not somebody who's moving the ball all the time, but some of that's out of necessity. I mean, the Thunder are dead last in offense. Shea has to create a lot on his own, so by just through that it's he's going to be inefficient sometimes but you're seeing the ball move a lot and you're seeing a lot of guys do different things just out of their role and I'm really proud of that because it's not easy to just like midway through the season just completely reinvent yourself and do some different things like you mentioned Lou Dort scoring a lot of points that's not traditionally traditionally his role but it was really nice to see him take that mantle over with Shea not there absolutely and I think that we're seeing a lot of ball sharing now that Shea's not in just because like 
Shea is very selective to who he passes the ball to if he does pass. And so now that he's out, everyone's just kind of, it's not like a free-for-all, but everyone's getting a better opportunity to actually make those make those baskets. Well, you're seeing how different the offense looks when it's run by somebody like Giddy. He's like, he's just out there watering plants and just making sure everybody's okay. He's just checking on everybody and putting them in good positions. And he's just scoring when he needs to. Whereas Shea is a score first guy, nothing wrong with that. But you're seeing the offense look a little bit different with a main facilitator like Giddy. And Giddy's only 19, which means he can only go up from here. Only going up. Only going up. Playing in the Rising Stars game soon. We're so excited to see that. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, this will be his first chance at a really big stage since Summer League. And I don't know if you remember back in Summer League, he had a really big crossover on Cade Cunningham, number one pick, went in for the dunk in Vegas, and then like turned his ankle and then didn't play again until the preseason. And then everyone was like, well, is this guy good? Is he not? So I think this will be a great opportunity for Josh to show that he is an elite player in the league and he's one of, no pun intended, the rising stars in the league. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of Shea that we were talking about earlier and he's out, there's been so many injuries on the Thunder recently. So let's kind of like break that down and see, you know, what's going to happen to them. When are they coming back? I know JRE is out for about six to eight weeks. I think he broke a metatarsal in his foot or maybe a toe or something like that. Shea and uh, Aaron Wiggins and Mike Muscala are all out with right ankle injuries, which is crazy that it's all the same foot and whatever. Mike Muscala, I think they actually said in a PR statement today that he'll be out through the All-Star break along with Shea. I'm not sure when Wiggins will be back, but like we've talked about before, it's all about guys stepping up into those roles and doing different things. Like Trey Mann, you had Teo Maladon the other night, Ty Jerome. It's just next man up mentality, and I think a lot of these guys are ready for it because, you know, if you're a professional, this is what you're preparing for. This is the opportunity that you need to show that you should stay in the league. Absolutely. And we're also seeing, as I mentioned earlier, Baisley really stepping up and becoming a better power forward and getting more of those minutes. I know towards the beginning of the season to now that he hasn't had a ton of minutes, but he's also been very inconsistent. So it made sense. But the past couple of games, I think he's really proved himself and has really started attacking the ball with Giddy. And I think that's a really good combo out on the court. Yeah, for sure. I like that Baisley has just, he even said it in a postgame thing, I think last night, that he wasn't shooting the ball well early in the season. He wasn't finishing well early in the season. And what he's done is just double down on the things that he's good at and just counted on the fact that he's putting in the work and then eventually those shots will fall, which is what he should be doing. He's really etched out and carved out a role for himself as a defender who can switch on through maybe one through four, some fives, maybe some point guards. He is a really good communicator on defense. He runs the floor well. And he's not a great shooter, but at least he's not taking as many bad shots like he was early in the season. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I have a question. Do you think Shea will be back after the All-Star break, or do you think he'll have to take off more time? Um, I know for sure. I don't know for sure. I know that they're going to reevaluate him after the break, so it's really a question of what he looks like after. But I'd be really surprised if we don't see him in a Thunder uniform again this season. Oh, I definitely think he'll be back, but I just wonder how long it's going to be. How long it's going to be. I'm, I would I'm say getting into come... my doctor's bag right now trying to no, figure I it agree, out. No, <laughs> I agree, because no one really knows the severity besides Shea and the Thunder. I feel like they're de- they, every team tries to downplay injuries as much as possible, obviously, because of investors, fans. You know, you never want to let them down. So 
I'm going to give it probably another week to week and a half after the All-Star break. That sounds reasonable. Have you ever sprained your ankle? I have sprained my ankle. Was it a high ankle sprain or low ankle sprain? It was a low ankle sprain. I was a point dancer for years, and so those came so easily. Oh, yeah. I had a high ankle sprain in high school playing basketball, and it looked like two black softballs were sticking out of my foot. I know ankles are weird, and it's just kind of a case-by-case thing, and the Thunder being the secret organization that they are, they're not going to give us anything, but I think you're about right. I think maybe a week after All-Star break or something like that, they'll probably slowly get him into the lineup and probably not play him a ton of minutes, but they'll 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 ease him back in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Mike Muscala, I think he's going to be out even longer than the All-Star break as well. He's definitely have to take time. Um, yeah, he had an ankle himself. thing already, and yeah. then he said that he was waiting for a different ankle thing, on the, I think, on the other foot, don't quote me on that, that he was going to get surgery on in the offseason. So he's going through a bunch of things, but I didn't think he was probably going to play a lot the second half of the season anyways because they're focusing on young guys, but Mike Muscala will still be missed on the court and in the locker room for sure. Oh, absolutely. So. Injuries have been in and out, but now let's talk about people who have been in and out. Let's get into trades. This is my favorite season of the year. I I love trade season. Just all the speculation and which guys are going to get moved and which teams are going to get better. Absolutely. And I was talking to you earlier that, so I'm new to basketball. This whole thing is new to me. I had no idea about the all-star breaks, the trading periods until literally yesterday and today. And so just hearing about all of this kind of blew my mind to how quickly things can can change especially for any player no one's safe no one's safe absolutely no one's safe so let's get into the cj mccollum trade new orleans cj mccollum they finally I'm, I'm sure you know this with a bunch of we were talking about romantic comedies earlier the will they won't they break up thing cj mccollum and damian lillard have been together for about 10 to 15 years of just everyone going is this gonna work does this work between these two and finally the trailblazers made the trade and got rid of cj not that cj is a bad player but it was it was time for a change you know what i'm saying with that and he he is now on to new orleans where he'll join brandon ingram Jonas valanciunas herbert jones and zion williams williamson potentially at some point I think this is an okay move for New Orleans. They're pushing for the play-in. They'll be in the play-in. I'm not sure if that's really going to continue on anything better. I think the best guess for them is they'll win their play-in game and then get blasted in the first round or something like that, which is what the Thunder are trying to avoid. The Thunder would rather be bad, really bad for a couple of years, get a really good draft pick, and then go back to be really good than being mediocre for a bunch of years. Oh, absolutely. But, I, that's personally how I would like to play if I was playing. I'd rather be good or bad and not mediocre because then you can. it's hard to get out of that mediocre mindset and the mediocre team when you're just stuck in that continuous loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. It's and especially in a league like this where it's all about top-end talent, if you don't get to the top of the draft, you're just going to be meddling for the whole time. Um, as far as for like Portland side of it, Haley, another team has joined the tank race is what it looks like after they made those trades with Robert Covington and some of those other guys who else am I thinking of uh not Gary Trent Jr I'll I'll get the name in a second but yeah Portland is going full rebuild even though they are saying the right thing and they're like oh we're trading all these assets so we can get something uh, to put around Damian Lillard but like who are you going after there's no one really out there right now see I think the Pelicans made a bit of the made a bit of a push you know really pushing for the 30 year old because that kind of shocked me because why aren't you going to be pushing for a younger player who can really you know grow the team not that not that McCollum isn't a great leader on the team I just feel like 
if you're going to make that big of a push for a player, why isn't it younger? And why isn't it someone who has a lot more time to improve? Because they are the Pelicans. This is a Band-Aid move. <laughs> this is enough. what the Pelicans do is they just they like to be a little bit above average. They're not a very good team. They, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but they're run by the New Orleans Saints owner. They don't even have a basketball owner who's really day-to-day uh, day day operating. That's crazy. New, I had no idea. New Orleans is not a very good team, which is hence why they do some things like this. It could work out. It all depends really on Zion. He's the superstar in that organization. If he comes back and he's balling out, then yeah, they could make some noise and win a couple of games in the playoffs maybe, but it really comes down to his health. If he's not healthy and back, then you're just going to have another team in New Orleans that's just average and okay, which is maybe what their fans want. Another team. Wow, that was definitely a big poke at the Saints right there. Oh, not the Saints. No, I meant just maybe that's what New Orleans basketball fans want. Fair enough. I mean, New Orleans isn't just a huge football or basketball state, really. They're just... I think they're big on football. I don't think they're big on basketball, though. See, that could be debatable because the Saints are either really good or they're really bad, and there's not really a ton LSU football, Haley? Okay, LSU football was good with Joe Burrow, and then they just tanked. But they care. They care, but they tanked. Like, you, you're LSU. You can get so many great recruits, and you just choose I'm, not I'm to I'm talking get about them. the fans caring. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, their fan base is just as good or maybe not as good as Alabama's, but I'm just biased because I'm an Alabama fan. <laughs> I'm just talking about the fans caring because I know that there's no one who really cares about the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans yeah, no. compared to like LSU. But there are other trades going on, right, Haley? Oh, absolutely. The Let's talk about the Sabin- oh, Sabonis. Sabonis. I'm so sorry I just You're butchered good. that name. Sabonis trade. A former Thunder guy. He was actually in the Paul George trade a couple of years ago. But now he is on, I would say, to greener pastures. But I would be lying because he is getting <laughs> sent to the Sacramento Kings, who are the Detroit Lions of the NBA. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They, they're pushing for the play-in, Haley, because if they don't make the playoffs this year, they will have the longest streak in NBA history of not making the postseason. And I want That's to tell, embarrassing. I want to tell the Sacramento Kings fans right now, just making the play-in does not count. You have to make the playoff if you're breaking this streak. But they're trading for Sabonis, which Sabonis is a nice player. He'll end up helping them, but I don't like what they gave up. What they gave up is OU legend Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and I think a few draft picks. Let me get it exactly right here. Okay, Thompson. Yeah. Yep, uh, Tristan Thompson, former Kardashian uh, love interest, I think. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. I don't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Who would have guessed between you and I that would be the one who's <laughs> keeping up more? But um, to get into the trade, the Pacers are sending Demonis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, along with a 2027 second-round pick to the Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. I like this deal for Indiana because they get a great player in Tyrese Halliburton. The Kings get a nice guy in Demonis Sabonis, but they also traded away the one player in Tyrese Halliburton who should have been untradeable. Like we mentioned, no one's untradeable. Yeah, but no one is safe. There's no, no one, one who's safe. safe, but there are certain guys, like when you're rebuilding, who should be the core that it's like it's hard to replace those guys. And Tyrese Halliburton's in his second year out of Iowa State, a really versatile guy. And while we're saying no one's untradeable, there's still a section of you that's like, unless we get full value, you have to. Absolutely. So now let's move on to Giddy. We've talked a lot about him this season, him being this huge rising star, and now he'll be playing in the rising star game. What do we expect to see from him on a big national stage? Like we talked about earlier, his first big national stage, I'm really interested to see how he kind of just plays along 
alongside these other young guys. So for those who don't know, the Rising Stars Challenge this year is a little bit different than other years. In the past, it's been the rookies versus the sophomores. It's been the rookies and sophomores mixed together, and you'd have Team America versus Team World and some different things like that. But um, I think it'll be really interesting. They've drafted into four different teams, and they've even included some guys from the G League. So you have Team uh, Rick Barry, who have off the top, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Alperin Shingun as their main stars, Team Isaiah Thomas, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Team Gary Payton, LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, uh, Scoot Henderson from the G League, who is 17 years old and averaging 30 points per game. That's crazy. Almost in the G League. That's insane. Maybe the Thunder will get him. Who we'll, knows? we'll see. It'll be, I think that's not even this year's draft. It's next year's draft. Oh, we yeah, gotta, he's only 17. He has yeah. to be at least 19, doesn't he? You have to be 18 for a full calendar year before you can, before the draft. Wow. Okay. And then finally, Team James Worthy. Was, this is where our guy Giddy is. You have Jalen Green, Josh Giddy. Herbert Jones, Jalen Suggs, Tyrese Maxey, Cole Anthony. I am not thinking that Josh Giddy has the greatest team to win this thing because they have four yeah. teams and they're doing a three-game tournament. Okay. Well. I, I still think he can show out and play really well, but yeah. I, I, who cares about if your team wins in the All-Star weekend? Fair if enough. We're being it's just honest. a huge showcase at the end of the day. They just want to show you know, who's the best of the best that is coming up, who's the big rising stars. And I'm so excited for Giddy because he's only 19. Mm -hmm. He's a huge leader on this Thunder team. Now, if he keeps his field goal percentage up and around 50 and he just keeps his confidence up, I think that's the only thing that we can really ask for, for from Giddy at the end of the day. And I, I know we mentioned how no one is untradeable, but I feel like Giddy is untradeable to the Thunder. They are not going to trade him anything nobody's untradeable if you give them the farm but there are a lot of people it's like unless you do that like you know the old saying everyone has a price but that price is going to be really high if you're going to try to get Shea or Giddy from the Thunder it's almost impossible but I, I'm really interested to see just Giddy play with some other young talented guys to just kind of get a measuring stick feel for where he ranks among those other guys in the league absolutely that's gonna be it's gonna be such an interesting rising star bracket as well as the all star bracket that will be coming up. He's actually participating in the clutch challenge too, which is a new thing, which is they're pairing two guys together who are going to it looks like a shooting contest at halftime of one of the games. So the teams, let's see here, are um you have Josh Giddy and Evan Mobley, and then a couple other teams oh, here's the clutch challenge. And apparently it's going to be five spots that different guys shoot from, and it's going to be a time thing. It'll be fun. Have you – no, you haven't heard of the skills challenge, some other things. But it's not. like <laughs> it's like they dribble down the court. They weave through some things. Okay. They make a good pass. They make a three. I want to know for you, what is a hidden skill or something like that that people wouldn't expect that you have? A hidden skill? Mm-hmm. Um, something that you're really good at that people would be like, oh, I didn't expect that. Okay, so this is kind of weird, but I – I have connective tissue disorder in every single joint in my body, which means my ligaments and my tendons don't really attach my bone to my muscle. Mm -hmm. So it makes me super hyperflexible. I'm double jointed in pretty much every joint in my body. So that has helped made me an extremely good contortionist. So like if you have a small suitcase, I can probably find a way to fit into it. I'm five foot ten. So that might seem like very unlikely, but it's so true. It's so weird. I can do like the weirdest things. Um, I can pop every pretty much like every major joint out of place and reassemble it. I was not expecting that. You're, you're like Gumby. Yeah, pretty That's much. <laughs> but I don't have a ton of hidden talents. What about you, Michael? 
I like I'm really good at Pictionary. I don't know why. Pictionary. Yeah. So like just guessing things like that. I I'm also good at just like knowing random basketball facts that I shouldn't know and forgetting basic information. It's not as cool as being able to fit in a small box, but it's something. It's something. It's something. Everyone has their trademarker. Have you ever surprised somebody by being like a suitcase in somebody's room? No, I haven't. But there was one time I got in my brother's like drawers that he pulls out from under his bed. And I was really surprised I found them because they're like three feet by two feet. How old were you? Oh, I was. Oh, this was years ago. It was probably like fourteen or fifteen. I thought it was just gonna be last year. Oh no, <laughs> no, that would that would that he's he was scared half to death. It was so funny, but that's just a fun little mem. Thunder okay. grads, right here. We got tons of skills. Tons of skills. But back to the thunder. The thunder trade line deadline is coming up. What do we expect from OKC? Who's gonna be traded? Who's safe? Who should maybe start packing? I don't know if any, well, maybe there might be somebody who has to start packing, but Shay and Giddy are safe. Lou Dor is almost completely safe. I wouldn't say he's completely, but I'd be really, really surprised. Everybody else other than that is kind of up for grabs. I'd like to keep Trey Mann, your guy no, Darius Baisley. I want to keep Trey Mann so bad and Baisley so bad. I feel like they've really proved themselves on this team, but I wouldn't be sad if Williams or Muscala were traded. You mentioned Kenrich Williams. I think he's the one who's going to end up leaving. It's a tough situation because he's mentioned over and over he loves staying here. He wants to live here. He wants to spend his whole career here. He's saying all the nice PR things that are fun to say. But for him, I think what's best for him is getting on a different team where he can really contribute and win something. I mean, he's got, I mean, you see these contracts where like Russell Westbrook's making like $40 million a year. Kendrick Williams is making $2 million a year this year and then $2 million next year. No, that's the, not enough. Yeah, the Thunder are not in a position to really pay a lot of money for a role player like that. So I think if you're going to do by, uh, right by Kenrich, which Sam Presti has done right by most of the guys on the Thunder who have asked for trades or different things like that, I think doing right by him is sending him to a good situation where he can play really well and hopefully get an extension. Absolutely. And he's he's a veteran player. He's an older player on, player on the team. And this is such a young team. He's not going to get the playing time that he deserves. And so I do believe that Sam Presti is an amazing general manager. And so I think that he'll definitely do right by Williams, even if it's not something that Williams immediately accepts. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple mock trades for you for Kenrich. Let's see. The Utah Jazz receive Kenrich Williams, so he's moving up to Utah. And the Thunder will receive Joe Ingles' expiring contract, so he tore his ACL. So he's not going to be able to play the rest of the year. And then a top uh, eight protected 2026 first-round pick from Utah. So the Thunder are basically trading Kenrich Williams for an expiring contract and a first. Joe Ingles also is from Australia, so that'll be a fun thing for him and Josh Giddy to hang out. He's one of Giddy's heroes in the league. So, yeah, I think that I think that's probably one of the more likely scenarios if you're expecting fireworks from the thunder at the trade deadline you no. need to settle down and yeah. buckle in because if anything it's going to be like salary dumps no absolutely They're, everyone's just trying to get rid of bad contracts at this point so if they can dump off a bad contract every team will mm-hmm. and then the second one this one's a little bit different i have kenrich going to the golden state warriors actually alongside Phoenix's first round pick so that'll be around 30 so almost a second round pick and the Thunder will receive Moses Moody who played last night I think he was number four he's a good three and D guy who I think would help the Thunder just as being another young wing who can shoot and just replace those William uh Kenrich Williams minutes um and then other than that I think everybody else is safe 
you anyone else you think should not be traded other than I think you said Shay, Giddy, well, I think Trey, Giddy, Giddy Baze. Trey Man, Baze. I feel like they're the only ones safe. Shay, if I want to throw in a little bit of controversy here, I feel like they're potential like it's very, 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 very small potential, but if you just look at how the team has been playing without him, I don't know. I don't know. Don't get mad at me, Michael, but I'm just I'm, saying. I'm going to ma- get mad at you. That's that's incorrect. Okay. But we'll we'll see. Only we time until, will tell. We if, have until Thursday to find out, so we have two more days to see. But I don't think he'll be traded, honestly. But, I mean, I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. Whatever you want me to buy for you, if he's traded on Thursday, I will buy that. It Deal. could be a new car. It could be anything. Not okay. going to happen. <laughs> get you a Hot Wheels. Did you see, um, actually, this stood out to me, and I just thought about this now. Trey Mann, did you see his emoji tattoo that he has on his shoulder? I did not. He has the 100 emoji tattooed on his right shoulder. That's random. If you had to get a tattoo of an emoji, which one would it be? An emoji? Well, I will never, ever get a tattoo. Here's the thing. This is a hypothetical. No, hypothetically, my dad has always told me you never put a bumper sticker on a Porsche or a Ferrari, and so therefore (laughs) I will never get a tattoo hypothetically if you were not a bentley then if you were like a volkswagen bug (laughs) wow okay i would get the salsa girl emoji probably tattooed on i don't know my rib or something i don't know something small where you can't see it but it would be like the salsa girl what about you michael i i have put a lot of thought in this i think that the one with the cowboy hat emoji would be fun okay i you know nice and that's kind of unexpected though because you're not I am not a cowboy at all. Yeah. My grandparents and some of that family is, but just paying tribute. You know how it is. Paying tribute. Fair enough. Paying tribute to cowboys and all the salsa dancers out there. But what else do we have? Well, um, not only with the Thunder, but every single trade deadline out there, what can we expect to see from future stars? Uh, What do you mean by that? So I know on mine I have P.J. Washington from the Charlotte Hornets, Thomas Bryant from Washington Wizards, O.B., Tomplin. Just some young guys who might be able to get moved. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you'll see necessarily those guys get moved. Some of the names I have are like Jeremy Grant, former Thunder guy, could get moved. I think Portland's been rumored to be interested in him. John Collins has been talked about a lot. Uh, CJ McCollum just got moved. The immortal Ben Simmons trade that will never happen. Russell Westbrook won't get traded. He's got too much money. Ben Simmons needs to be traded, though. I would like to. We just, banned Ben Simmons from being talked about on this podcast for a long time because it okay, was just so irritating. But just irritating. Like, hear me out. Like he, He's not going to play for the 40, 46ers. The like, 76ers. The 76ers. Sorry, my bad. He's not gonna, he's not, he doesn't want to play for them, so they need to trade him. It's, it's just a it, big they, waste of money. Haley, I promise you they are trying to trade him, but nobody wants him. Because it's another thing where... It's it's tough because you have a guy who's super, super talented. He has four years left on his contract. You mentioned that they're paying him. He's actually lost $19 million. Oh, yeah. He is like. For not showing up. And isn't it like, like $450,000 a game he basically loses? Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's insane. I don't know why you wouldn't just tuck it up and take the pay. Like, I would. Because he is not trying to get booed and have like batteries thrown at him by those Philadelphia fans. They That's booed true. Santa Claus, Haley. They are not afraid. They booed Santa Claus? They booed Santa what Claus. What did Santa Claus do to them? Gave them coal for acting bad. Fair enough. I mean, they won a Super Bowl and flipped their city upside down. Yeah. They're passionate, but I I hope that there's some type of Ben Simmons trade just so we can stop talking about Ben Simmons and the 76ers <laughs> and all that stuff. There's also been a lot of rumors with James Harden maybe on the move, yeah. especially to Philadelphia. 
I would like that deal to get done because I think it helps both teams. James Harden is obviously not happy in Phil- in uh, Brooklyn right now. It's a weird thing for him because he got traded. He forced his way out of Houston, uprooted his entire family to go there, and then now he's kind of in the same situation where he doesn't have any talent around him because Kevin Durant's hurt and then Kyrie is not vaccinated, therefore can't play in New York, so he only plays in road games. So it's like James Harden and a bunch of guys who play out at the rec gym at OU running around in Brooklyn. (laughs) But he's not happy, so we'll see. I think a lot of these problems would be fixed if they just had Kevin Durant, but they're... There's smoke, and if there's smoke, there might be some fire to maybe James Harden wanting out. Fair enough. When do you think Duran will be back? He had a knee sprain, so I think it'll be a few weeks. I mean, he's already said, I'm not playing in the All-Star game, and that's a couple weeks away. That's sad. It's sad, but Kevin Durant's got more important things to think about than the All-Star game. That's actually how (laughs) uh, LaMelo Ball got in. He's the youngest All-Star since LeBron in 2005. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And then now LeBron... It's funny because now he's team captain at the yeah, All-Star Yeah, team game. captain, oldest guy there. Yeah, and he'll be the oldest guy there for another couple of years mm-hmm. until his son gets up there. And then I think we have one other thing. The Yes, let's talk about panic button teams. And so these are teams that are ahead of the deadline. Last opportunity for these teams to upgrade their rosters, what teams have to make the trade. Um, I'll say one of these teams, and you just kind of give me your feedback. How about that, Michael? Yeah, they need to hit the panic button. Yeah. Okay, Celtics. I don't think the Boston Celtics need to hit the panic button yet, but their hand's kind of hovering over it because, I mean, they've been winning their last few games, but there's still real roster roster issues just as far as, like, building. The whole Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combination I still don't like because they're just kind of redundant, and they occupy the same space, and they don't really make anyone better. The Celtics are also the eighth seed right now, so if they want to avoid the play-in tournament, you need to push for that 6-5 seed or something like that. I think they have a trade to make, but I don't think they're panicking by any stretch. What trade do you think they need to make? They need to get somebody who's an actual facilitator and ball handler or, like, point guard. Like, we've talked a lot with, like, Giddy of he just allows everyone to play their game by passing it to them and not really thinking about his offense. Boston has a bunch of guys who can score, but they're all... It's kind of like a bu- like five individuals playing on one team, whereas... A lot of teams are like a fist where they're all together, like the Warriors were the other night, and they're all like moving in the same direction. The Celtics kind of have a lot of guys who are venturing out, doing their own thing, and if winning happens, it just kind of happens. Okay. Now let's move on to the Jazz. Do they need to hit the button? The Utah Jazz have a finger on that button, and they're trying not to press it and panic, but they've had some real injury things with Rudy Gobert being out for a while. And then you have injuries with Donovan Mitchell as well. They've seemed to kind of fall down the standings where they were kind of a lock for a top three seed in the West. But now they're even behind the Memphis Grizzlies who are really rising. I think they need to make a trade. I wouldn't say it's a panic trade where they need to blow anything up, but I mentioned that Kenrich Williams trade earlier. I think he would really, really help their team as just having another perimeter defender and a guy who can shoot and move the ball and make up for some of the things that Joe Ingles did since he's not going to be out there after his torn ACL. Well, I think a big problem that we've seen across the board is we need more playmakers, we need more ball movers, and we need those people to finally step up. Mm-hmm. It, it's a tough position. It's n- Nobody likes passing the ball. Shooting is fun. Shooting is fun. Everyone likes to be a ball hog. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, the 46ers. The 76ers. 76ers. Oh, for I'm so two. sorry. You're good. I know. Get mix of the 49ers. I literally 76ers. have the 76ers right here on my screen, too, and I just keep saying the 49ers. It's all good. We we mentioned it with Ben Simmons, though. They need to move him. But other than that, I'm not in super, super panic mode for them because they've already waited this long, and it seems like they're willing to wait until the draft and into the summer to do something. So. I would say they need to make some type of move to upgrade this roster around Joel Embiid. He's playing at an MVP level, and you can't waste those prime years of his career. But don't panic and trade Ben Simmons for a bunch of peanuts just to make a trade. Okay, fair enough. What about the Lakers? The Lakers need to press the panic button. I agree. They need to. They need to press the panic button because they built this roster. I was saying this when they built it in the summer, that it was a bad roster. It just doesn't fix... It doesn't fit. They look like a roster that was built by my younger brother playing like NBA 2K (laughs) with just naming as many people as he recognized with former All-Stars from like 2009. And it just doesn't work like that. They don't really mesh or support each other. Like you, I keep going back to the Warriors like the other night, there's a balance of things where it's like guys are defenders and then Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are great shooters and they balance each other out. There is no balance with the Lakers, no, and they have so many problems. I feel like they put it all on LeBron, but LeBron can't do it all. Like he's one, he's the oldest or one of the oldest in the league right now. He he's getting to that point of you know maybe going to retire in a couple years, and all the responsibility is just falling on him. But at the end of the day, it can't all be on LeBron. It sucks for LeBron, but he kind of like he made this happen. Yeah. I mean, Fair enough. The, these trades don't happen, Haley, unless he's on board with it. They don't trade for Russell Westbrook. They don't sign Carmelo and all his friends. It wasn't a coincidence all those guys signed there, and LeBron's like, I like all these guys. How did this happen? Yeah. He, his fingerprints are all over. It's not all his fault, but they've got to find a way to adjust and get out of this. I don't think that they can really make a trade with Russell Westbrook. He's kind of unmovable right now unless you want to trade for John Wall, but that's not really going to help at all. They need to just figure something out and just put a Band-Aid on this bullet wound until they can get to the summer and make a really big deal. Okay, what about our very last panic button, maybe panic button, the Nets? The Nets have smashed that button into a billion pieces. They've hit it so hard. The Nets are definitely panicking right now. I mean, they built their roster on the hope of we have three of the greatest players of all time in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, and now they're down to playing one of those guys. And James Harden looks out of shape in a lot of ways, and he looks disinterested and looks like kind of like when he almost quit on the Houston Rockets last year. He just doesn't look happy. And then Kevin Durant, you know, he's one of the best players in the league in the world of all time, but he's not getting any younger. That window's slowly closing. And then Kyrie Irving, that is the biggest mystery of all time of how you can trust somebody. And this isn't even to get into vaccination things, but just like he's exited out of three different teams in very, very dramatic fashion. So how can you trust that he's going to be there long term? Fair enough. So I would I would press the panic button if I were the Nets, and then they just have, like I mentioned earlier, James Harden playing with a bunch of guys who play at the rec gym at OU, basically. They have just a bunch of guys who are NBA players who are just like cap filler and roster uh, filler, just guys they're, to have on the team. They're the bench players. They're, they're, like on the, pe- they're on the team so they can have 12 players yeah. because you have to have 12 players. I mean, there's some guys like Patty Mills and Cam Thomas. Nick Claxton, others were pretty good. But a lot of that, it's kind of like the Lakers where you just have a bunch of really, really old guys who used to be good, who Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden trust and won on the team. But I'd be pressing the panic button if I were the Nets. They they need to do something. They've got to, whether that's a Ben Simmons trade, 
or trading a lot a of their... A Ben Simmons trade. <laughs> a Ben Simmons... You're laughing, but Ben Simmons could help that team, and it would make sense because he doesn't have to shoot the ball next to Kevin Durant or Kyrie. He could just play defense and just pass and do all the things that he wants to do and date Instagram models and whatever. And <laughs> date Instagram models. Yeah, he was with... Now they're keeping up with the Kardashian. He was with Kendall Jenner for a while. Oh, was he really? He was. Wow, yeah. it's funny how you all... You know all of this stuff, but I don't. We'll we'll get you ingrained with it. Mm, I'm but a pass on keeping fun. up with the Kardashians. I'm just talking about NBA. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Michael, we're coming towards the end of our show today. Is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to add on? Um, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be really stressing and trying to push our socials now that yes. I've got Haley with me to Follow help me. Follow the Thundergrads on Instagram. Instagram, Twitter. I might even do TikTok, YouTube. I'm trying to branch out and try some different things. Any feedback is really appreciated, but thank you so much for listening. It's been fun. Yes, it's been so fun. Make sure you tune into our next podcast. We are so excited, and I hope everyone has a great night. This is Haley Hurst and Michael Martin signing off.